Hi, I'm Scott Hamilton, Rockfile, back with another podcast, but not a review. This will be kind of like what I did with Eddie Van Halen. I like that. Uh, these are my thoughts on Lincoln Park's Hybrid Theory. Hybrid Theory was released today on October 24th, back in 2000, so it's 20 years old today. <laughs> wow. So I've worked in radio all my life. I got into it in college. Uh, someone offered me a job. One thing led to another. I've moved around the United States, uh, Caribbean, program radio stations everywhere. And in 1999, I was working in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, a large radio company had moved me from Alabama to Tennessee to begin planning out a rock station that is still there today. Um, and the idea was to take advantage of this new format that was called Active Rock. Which, to me, looking in retrospect, was basically going back to what rock stations had always been. Mixing some older stuff with some newer stuff. Because uh, in the 90s, some stations had gone grunge and alternative. Some had gone more classic. And the company wanted... This market already had some rock stations, so they wanted to come in with something a little younger and a little hotter. And as we were planning to put it on the air, bands were coming out like Godsmack and Disturbed and, and music that really fit the format. And right amongst all of this, came this first song from Linkin Park. And I remember the first time I heard it, I'm like, well, it's not the first time somebody's tried to put rap in rock. I mean, we already had Rage Against the Machine, one of the format cornerstones of active rock. But when the song landed on my desk one step closer, I just, it grabbed me. Okay, I... I grew up in the 70s and 80s. I'm not the biggest rap fan. If I listen to rap music, it's usually something classic. I love R&B. I love urban. I love, uh, you know, a lot. I'm a huge Prince, uh, Earth, Wind & Fire. I like a lot of funky things. Um, but rap, when it came out, was kind of a novelty. And then it got serious with some really great songs. And these days, there's good rap, there's bad rap, and there's pop rap, and there's rock, you know. It, there, and so I'm not, I, I've added it to my repertoire now, but back in the day, I just wasn't the biggest fan of it because I'm a rock guy, I'm a metal guy, I'm a, you know, a pop guy. The, the rap stuff I, I didn't get wasn't from the street, so, it, you know, it didn't hit me, I didn't understand. Um, but so here was a band, unlike Rage Against the Machine, that was mixing the melodic vocals with some rap vocals, and they had this guy who could hit multiple notes, multiple tones with his vocal cords at the same time. And I'm talking about Chester. Chester Bennington was amazing. Met the guy, really nice guy. Met the whole band, actually. And I'll get to that as a, as a regular person, not a disc jockey. And that was a great story. But when this came out, didn't know anything about them. They were young guys. They had these really cool videos. And First time I listened to One Step Closer, I'm like, it may not be my cup of tea, but that song is going to be huge. It just, it grabs you. It makes you want to dance. It makes you want to jump. It makes you want to scream. It makes you want to yell, pump your fist. You know, it's everything a good rock song should be, but it's got rap in it. It's got some electronica in it. You know, it's got some things in it that aren't typical for rock format. But like I said, we were we were grooming and had just started this active rock format. I'm like, this fits. This this is 21st century music. You know, this is okay. And then we began the ride that included in the end, crawling and paper cut. Uh, you know, runaway points of authority. These other songs came out, and and they just became. I mean. This album became as big as like Appetite for Destruction, twelve times platinum eventually, top ten in most countries, uh, twenty-seven million copies sold worldwide. I mean, this is nuts. And 
the best-selling rock album of the 21st century, nominated for Best Hard Rock Grammy out of the gate. I mean, unbelievable. You know, this this album did things that a lot of first-time bands wish they could do. And Linkin Park had been playing music for a while, had to change their name right before because they were actually called Hybrid Theory. Um, <clears throat> but anyway. So Hybrid Theory was a game changer. It's 37 minutes and 45 seconds. That's pretty short, especially in the in the CD area when a lot of bands are pushing 60 and 70 minutes with the, trying to fit as much on a disc as possible. And I'm not, you know, I've, I've lived through all these different uh, genres, if you want. I'm not into the whole renaming a thousand different genres and splintering up music into, you know, this is new metal, rap metal, alternative metal, rap rock, alternative rock, hard rock, death metal, you know, stop. <laughs> it's got elements of things, but it sounds like Linkin Park. You know, it sounds like uh, active rock. There's no need to splinter the formats into a billion different things like we have with all the metals and all the rocks and all the countries and all the Americanas. And it's just, I, you know, music is music. This is a little more rock. This is a little more that. This is a little more country. This, you know, I, I don't see. But I guess to help people find being hardcore descriptive i lincoln park has always been a 21st century rock band to me call it new metal call it whatever you want that new metal thing kind of came and went and it's used to describe a lot of bands that weren't very good i'm not talking about limp biscuit or anything but um lincoln park would only grow from here meteora was even a bigger and better album they they, they as i as i used in the john wick review i just did they doubled down on everything they did on the first album and did it even better on that and those first two albums to me are as classic as the first four van halen albums it is just quintessential lincoln park i remember they released the live in texas dvd about 2005 after meteora came out okay I was getting married in 2000, well, I was already married in 2004, and I was in Canada when Meteor came out, and I bought that special edition that, with multi-disc and the book and all that kind of stuff. And and then by the time I got to Grand Cayman, or I was still on Grand Cayman, yeah, still on Grand Cayman when Live at Texas came out and watched the crap out of that concert on DVD. Um, to this day, it's still one of my favorite concerts to put in. I, I wish they would upconvert it to Blu-ray or something so it would hold up better. But uh, yeah, I, I still think it's probably the best concert thing they've released. And there are the, quite a few that they've released are very, very good. But I just remember Linkin Park, when this album hit my desk and I finally got to listen to the whole thing, I'm like, wow, this is some rap rock that I actually like. And I, I know that sounds funny, but again, you got to remember when you're a radio guy, most of your listening at work, most of your listening in your office when you get a stack of CDs in the mail, um, is to evaluate the music to see if it fits your radio station. And so that is, you know, most of my listening when I'm in my office, that's what it's geared towards and that's what my thinking is. So I didn't even start thinking about this as a personal thing. I was just like song after song, these were hits. They had good hooks. They had good choruses. The It was well recorded. The, the guitars were crunchy. It was everything I like about rock. And then there was this rap stuff and, I, and it didn't turn me off. And to watch Linkin Park grow out of the, the rabble of new metal acts that came out in the early 21st century, it was kind of like watching U, uh, R.E.M. and U2 in the early 80s kind of branch out from their humble beginnings to the worldwide sensations they were. Same thing happened to Linkin Park. They were a humble California, you know, that let's go. And they got signed to Warner Brothers, so I don't know how humble that is, but that's a huge record label, and, and that got the push. But if the music hadn't been there, if the quality hadn't been there, they wouldn't be who they are today. Now, 
the band evolved like any other band, and you can talk about the fact that they kind of went pop later in their career. And I, you know, so did you. So did a lot of bands. As you evolve and you become better songwriters, you want to play to your audience, but you still want to keep your art alive. And that's a, that we've talked in many podcasts about how that's a, a, a juggle that I just I'm glad I don't have to do it. You know, uh, when you have a brand, a band, a name that's so big, and you're afraid that, that you go too far to the left or too far to the right or too far up or too far down, that you're going to alienate your fan base. I get that. and But there are very few bands that can, like, freeze a moment in time and stay that way. Love ACDC because they have figured out how to do it. ACDC has not changed since Back in Black. It is still the same band. The albums sound the same. If you like any of those albums, sure, Fly on a Wall and a couple others aren't as strong as Back in Black or Thunderstruck or whatever. Um, but still, if you like ACDC, you're not going to get turned off by anything they've put out since Bon Scott died and they got Brian Johnson. It, they just, you know, it, it, it is what it is. And every album is solid. You can't say, well, I mean, you could say that they're repeating themselves, but the music is good. It's toe-tapping. It's well-written. It's well-performed. It's well-engineered. And they do big tours, and it's fun. And here they are back after years away. They, they've had a couple member changes and a death, and and the new song sounds great. And what the snippets I've heard from the album, it sounds like modern ACDC. It sounds like it should. That being said, most bands have to change. If you want to look at other new metal bands, Korn changed. They still do the rap and what some of their core uh, tropes, but they have changed in a songwriting perspective. They've added new members to the band and they've grown and and they, as far as lyric content and everything, that band has evolved and still maintained a bit of a fan base. Other bands evolve and they evolve out of their fan base. They might go to pop or they might go to obscure. They might go to you know some of my favorite bands kind of went the prog way and well they 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 kind of forced themselves into a little niche. So Lincoln Park, what they did after this is is nothing to. They got more popular. You know, and if you don't like it, don't listen to it. But I can still put on those first two albums and and still go back to that time, which 20 years. mm. Great songs win always. I mean, and they cut through and Linkin Park changed things. The electronic elements, the, the, the metal elements, the rap elements, putting all that in a blender and putting into something that the average person found palpable and would buy and, and go see in concert and support, that's like, you know, I liken it back to the Beatles. There was a lot of great music in the 60s, but the Beatles honed it into perfection. They figured out how to make great pop songs and great rock songs, and they repeated that formula. They, they, A lot of people knew the formula, and a lot of people were dancing around it, but the Beatles kind of coalesced that modern rock-pop formula that we have these days. And Linkin Park added their layers to it. You know, they, they took some other things that maybe weren't around when the Beatles or the Zeppelin or whoever was back in the day, and they took those things and put them in a pot and they came out on hybrid theory listen to it and then remember when it came out that there wasn't really much like this we had rage against the machine um the godsmack debut album had hit but something that sounded exactly like this didn't really exist before it's often been imitated hardly ever been duplicated there is a whole genre of that rap rock thing now but uh you know there there were one or two bands that have come out the last few years i'm like could you be a little less lincoln park it's the same thing that people say about um greta van fleet sounding so much like zeppelin you know you can and i think their new song doesn't sound like zeppelin at all actually i, th- I like the new song but lincoln park 
they inspired people to pick up guitars, to add turntables to their music, to add other forms of music into what they were doing, and that's a good thing. Good or bad, evolution is good. You know, we've got to get to new places and new things and, and discover new things. And as musician at myself, or at least a basic one when I was younger, watching the extras and them sitting on the tour bus and buying the computers and, and learning all the technology so they could do it themselves, that is the DIY spirit of the 21st century. If you can get the knowledge and do things yourself, you might be able to get heard. You might be able to do a podcast. You might be able to do some videos on YouTube, whatever. You know, it, and it's a wonderful thing when that happens. And so kudos to Linkin Park, who played the game, who became a band, who got signed to a big record label, released a game-changing album, and then continued to evolve. Very sad that Chester took his own life. I, that, that bothers me. Because like I said, quick story, because this is already running long. Um, it was right after Meteora. I was in the Lincoln Park Underground. I have never joined fan clubs. I was in the Kiss Army when I was a kid, so you could get the patch and some of the stuff. Um, but in my adult life, <clears throat> the only fan club I joined was Lincoln Park. I joined the LPU because every year they would send you a T-shirt and, and a CD of, of bonus tracks, rare stuff. And you were always... Um, allowed to be in a lottery if lincoln park was coming to your town they did a contest for all the lpu members that were going to that show you could be chosen and i was i was an lpu member i was living on grand cayman but i was coming home to atlanta to visit and they were playing atlanta and i as an lpu member i entered the contest and they sent me an email and i won uh ticket and backstage passes <laughs> to meet lincoln park on that tour now, usually when a radio guy uh, takes goes backstage to meet an artist, um, we have a record rep with us. The record rep has set all this up. Um, we're usually taking contest winners, or maybe we're doing an interview, and then we're introduced to it, and we kind of have a one-on-one -on -one or a small room situation. If you go back to like my Bob Seger podcast, I talk about the fact that I, when I met Bob Seger, there were over 100 people in the room, and they took us into his dressing room because they just there was no way we were going to have a chance to meet Bob Seger in that rabble, that crowd. Um, so with Lincoln Park, um, before I ever met them as a radio guy, I got to meet them as a person. And I only got one backstage pass, so my, my wife and my stepsister at the time who were at the show with me had to stay in the seats and watch the opening acts. But I got to go backstage, I stood in the line, and the entire band was there under a tent with a table signing things. And so when I get up to the first guys, I'm like, um, this is cool for me because I'm a radio guy and I play you guys on the radio, um, but I'm a fan. And I pulled out, at the time they had released the single of Breaking the Habit, and they did this Japanese anime-style video to it. And that they released that as a DVD single. And it came in a digipack, uh, a tall, like a DVD-sized digipack, and I still have that. Um, and it had the song on it and had the video on it. And it's funny when labels used to do that kind of stuff. So anyway, that's what I took backstage to get signed and my backstage pass and that kind of stuff. And they looked at it like, well, it was fairly new at the time, but they're like, wow, this is great. And this guy's got it, you know, and they all signed it. And I still have it to this day. And we all, I, I actually held up the line for about five minutes. Well, uh, the other guys are signing other things. So I talked to one guy, you know, and I spent some time with Chester and I talked and he's just a real, was a real down to earth, nice guy wanted to hear how the radio was receiving the new album and that kind of stuff and did we like the videos and, and ask some you know interesting questions it just it was a great time that and one of the only times in my life
life that I've gone backstage not as a radio guy. And I, I really had a fun time. They were great guys. Got to meet them later as a radio guy. And, uh, you know, not that they remembered me. They meet millions of people every year. But, again, super nice guys and really great to hang out with. So that was my meeting Lincoln Park story. And if you ever get a chance, I'll, uh, I have a picture of the autographs on my Facebook page or whatever. So anyway, Lincoln Park Hybrid Theory, I wanted to note this date and time because it was big for me. I mean, as someone who in the year 2000 was about 34 years old, um, I was pretty much set in my ways of what I thought was a classic or what I thought was good. And and it, it was nice to be doing active rock at that time when all these new bands were coming out and they were changing the sound of rock music to a certain extent. And it was a backlash against uh, all that grunge stuff that had happened in the early 90s. And we were open to new things, that not everything had to sound like a classic-sounding band. And to the day I die, Linkin Park Hybrid Theory will just be one of those albums as important as some of those 70s and 80s albums that changed the game in many ways and marked a great beginning of a great band. Not the biggest fan of some of their current poppy stuff, but still, <laughs> I would go see them. They were always great live. Love Linkin Park. I really hope that they, they kind of do something else. I, I really... Some bands can change lead singers. We talked about Van Halen. Um, and they had two singers in the band. So if they found, but you're not going to find somebody like Chester. There aren't many people who can hit multiple notes with their vocal cords. It just doesn't happen. His growls, screamy things that I was talked about that earlier in this podcast. If you watch some of the uh, reaction videos online about Linkin Park, you will hear vocalists say, he had a very unique voice. He could hit some of those those growly, screamy, melodic things he did in the songs, but he's hitting quarter tones and, and, and different tones in there, and it's just it, his vocal cords were that way. However he got them that way, whether it was abuse or training or whatever, he was a very unique singer, and I wish he were still around today because some of the last stuff he did before he passed was great. That, that album he did with the guitarist from um, Lamb of God, Mark, it's just incredible. I love that song. Still playing it on my radio station. So if you haven't pulled it out of your library in a while, most of you own a copy of it. I mean, literally, it's sold more than 27 million copies. Uh, put Hybrid Theory on today and give it a listen and, and take yourself back to a time when things could really change. And I think we're coming back around to that kind of thing uh, with everybody doing the DIY music thing and being able to post their own stuff without going through a record label or whatever. I think we're in for a big renaissance of art, of movies and music and things like that, that coming out of this COVID thing, a lot of people have learned other ways to do things, including myself. And I think it's just going to create, uh, when we start getting back to normal, uh, it's going to be like the 60s, very colorful and very uh, varied and wide and, and, and just all-encompassing. And I, I'm looking forward to it. I really think that's going to happen. So I'm Scott Hamilton. I'm Rockfile. Thanks for listening to this babbling podcast about Linkin Park's Hybrid Theory, released October 24th, the year 2000. Uh, a real game changer. Check out my links below. Please subscribe. Please share. Thank you so much for listening.